Hey, what's going on, motivators? Dr. Drill with the Making Motivation Podcast. It's the 22nd of April, 2021, Thursday evening, 45 degrees, chilly, willy, windy, chilly, willy, windy, let me tell you, old man winter, suck a dick, man, okay, take your friend Jack Frost and frickin' blow out of here, make like a dick and beat it, all right, tired of this nonsense, but it's been beautiful, look, it was, it was largely a beautiful day, and, uh, Sun was shining, a little windy, a little overcast, but it was a good day. Slept in a little bit, got to the uh, office, kicked ass and took names, took care of some people. Let's think. So, had some sincere conversations here. My front desk, Emily, she asked, she said, well... You know, something about, like, how do people, how to teach people to be positive or how to be positive. And my assertion was that that's what we do, you know, or how to be positive. You know, one of the things that I think we we do very well at Healthy Balance is that we spread positivity or how to spread maybe that, that was a question how to spread positivity and uh, I said you got to embody it you have to be the change that you want to see right isn't that right you have to be kind you have to be considerate you have to genuinely give a shit Or don't expect other people to assume those strategies and use those tactics. Don't expect other people to treat you that way and to spread the love and and be kinder and gentler if you don't do that. Because we, we kind of mirror the energy that we see out there in society. And a lot of the shit that we encounter is negativity. It's people bellyaching about shit. It's people making excuses. It's people gossiping, talking about their problems. I'm going to teach you guys something. Uh, Something about, like, if you're unhappy and you don't have a chemical imbalance, if you don't have a genuine uh, chemical imbalance, problems with anxiety and depression, genuine genuine diagnosed issues. I mean, everybody's got their stresses, right? Especially these days. It's a pretty stressful time. So, you got to account for that. But there are some people who really have a reason to be unhappy. They, they've got a lot going on in their lives. They, um, much of it is not their own doing. Maybe it's the conditions under which they were raised. Maybe they um, are living below the poverty line. Maybe they have less than a loving environment. Uh, Maybe they have some obstacle that just fell into their lap. 
situation that, you know, it happens to all, all of us at some point in time in our lives. Somebody gets sick, somebody, you know, there's a major change that we, um, we didn't, didn't anticipate. Somebody has an accident, somebody, um, acquires a disease process. Well, not acquires, but comes down with, or, um, for no good reason, gets sick, becomes injured in some way. Well, these folks have they have something to, to uh, cry about. But there's a whole lot of people out there, you know, an endless line of people who are unhappy due to their own doing, due to situations that are within their control. Right? Or at least they can do something to work out of a tight spot, a tough situation. And these people need to know that it's not okay to be freaking hanging their head about stupid shit. They need to use what they have, the tools they have, where they're at, and dig out of the situation and try. And something that you can do, in my opinion, like I, you know, deal with people all the time. And uh, many, oftentimes, are in pain or they got some circumstance. And a lot of times they want to tell you about their hard luck story or job isn't satisfying or the relationships are suffering or whatever. I mean, that is life. I hate to dismiss it because we all have challenges and problems and we should be empathetic, be sympathetic to situations that that happen to us all. We should be empathetic because we could very easily wind up in a similar circumstance. And so... Don't be callous to the plight of other people because you could wind up going and taking that same path in life under no fault of your own. But some things that you can do in order to stay on track and embody positivity, okay, is that you can put in the work, firstly, you can put in the work to try to dig yourself out, to try to solve your problems on your own first. It's the first thing. Okay. Next, if you have an issue, don't be squeamish about asking for help. Okay? Because there are plenty of folks out there, if you're a decent enough individual, there are plenty of folks out there that would be willing to help you. They're kind souls, and if you give, you'll get. People are going to, uh, they're going to want to help you. And even if they don't want it, maybe they don't know you have a problem. But once they know, once they're informed, and there's somebody that 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 you're comfortable, they're comfortable reaching out to you. You honor that by helping them. People will do that. I know there's a lot of folks out there. You know, there's been some times where I wondered, like, oh well, what if? this happened, you know, who could I count on, who would I reach out to, and there's been times in my life where I've had to do that, and um, there have been people to catch me when I fell, so work hard to solve your own problems is the first step, secondly, don't be afraid to ask for help, and thirdly, fake it till you make it, you know, try to find you know, something, uh, music, uh, 
disengaging from a stressful situation, a chronically stressful situation, trying to see things from a different point of view. A lot of times it's like a puzzle that you're sitting in front of, a jigsaw puzzle, let's say, stresses, I mean, such bad situations can be like a, like a jigsaw puzzle, and you've got a million pieces in front of you, and it's a very complex collage that you need to put together, and you're like, oh, it just, you can't see shit, you can't see it, that it's right in front of you, sometimes you need help, or somebody needs to point it out, or you need to step back and away from the table, go take a piss and when you come back to the table immediately before you even sit down you see it and all the pieces start to fall into place I found that 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 is often the way it is but if you become hopeless and you look at that that sea of myriad jigsaw puzzle pieces and the complexity you look at the box and it says 10,000 pieces, oh my god, look at all this color, I'm never going to be able to put this together, everything looks like everything else, and if you start saying that in your head, and quitting before you begin, or in the middle of uh, the, the challenge, you're fucked, man, you may never solve that puzzle, it may never come together, okay, start the day, Visualizing, You wake up, you friggin' visualize the challenges that you have before you. Try to move things out of the way. And that's what I do. And I got a lot of fucking moving parts in my life. I got to do this. I got to do that. Look, I'm stressed. Today was a stressful day. This week was a stressful week. I told you about my plumbing issue. I didn't tell you about, um, you know the problems that I was having with, uh, you know, uh, you know, the challenges that I had helping certain individuals, or I did mention about the insurance companies I had to deal with and the ineptitude of, uh, of these, uh, uh, and the disjointed process of American healthcare, how it separates doctor and patient and just fucks things up. I mean, there's always a challenge. There's challenges all the time. And there are times this week that I was like, oh my God, I'm never going to solve this. I'm fucked. What am I going to do in this circumstance? But everything falls into place. Yeah, I almost, you almost psych yourself out and think that, you know, you, uh, it, it's like I'm sitting in front of that puzzle, Pete, that, that jigsaw puzzle. And I, I'm like, oh, I can't figure out how to fix it. But I don't give up. You keep on going. The next step is you might have to change something. Again, the analogy being stepping away from the table, looking at the puzzle from a different angle, a different point of view, uh, enlisting some kind of help, somebody to hold things together for you, somebody to, to help you view things from a different perspective. Okay. When I say fake it till you make it, what I mean is like, you know, you know, change something. Turn off the news, okay? Step away from your cell phone. Read a book. Try some different stimuli. Get out of the house. Think about all the things that you have to be 
thankful for. Make somebody else happy. This is one of the best things that I can recommend. If you got a problem, the best thing you can do is find somebody else to help. Because a lot of times, that's the distraction that we need. You know, realizing that somebody else has a bigger problem. And that maybe by starting something and being part of, of something, like right now, you know, look, I, I'm usually an optimist. There are times, and you, you, you might refute that as I'm driving to and from the office. These are my thoughts, things that are going on. I, you know, I try to keep it relevant, like, all right, well, I'm not, not always going to be doing impressions or making up jokes or, you know, having positive, shiny, happy observances or interesting things. There's some days where I'm like, oh, there's really nothing interesting about today. It's a overcast day, it's, I'm stressed the hell out, it's Monday, I got a lot of challenges in front of me that seem insurmountable, um, I didn't sleep well last night, I forgot my lunch, I, you know, all these little things that we think are so important, you know, and then you run into somebody with a real problem, so find that person with a, with a comparatively more significant problem, a worse problem. Help them solve it, because there's no short number of people out there that that could use your help. And once they see that you're willing to help them, they will be willing and, and will want to help you. Do that. You know, make other people happy and you'll be happy. And so, you know what's crazy, what, what I think about, um, having just said that, is just the sheer quantity of apparent unhappiness in this world right now. You know, at least if you look, if you take a glance at the, uh, at the news, you know, you see all this stuff, all this divisive stuff, black versus white, rich versus poor, Democrat versus Republican, Asian hate. Um, There's some crazy shit going on out there. Cops versus uh, civilians. You know, there was a... I'll just address this real quick. But generally speaking, you know, look at that. Look at your ticker. Look at the news. These terrible things that that are real problems in the world. I mean, they, they, they need to be acknowledged. Some might say, well, step away from the news. Don't look at the news. It's just going to make you depressed. That is true. But you can't put your head in the sand and, and expect all these problems to go away. It really depends on all of us to build a better world. And so if you want to see something, as I said earlier, be the change you want to see, you can't be a bigot. You can't be a, an asshole. You can't be dumping on everyone else with your problems. People like to do that. I'll tell you that right now. People love to talk about their problems. And it's important for others to listen. But the problem is there can be an imbalance. You know, a lot of times people will tell me what they have going on, what they they have going on, and, and I am I want to hear that. I do want them to get it out. Get it out of their system. It's important that they purge that while I'm working with them. 
It's a valuable part of the, it's very therapeutic to do that. So people, I had somebody yesterday tell me about his relationship woes and some serious situations that, that he's in, in that regard that, um, you know, that pose a real challenge to him. And after about 10 minutes, he said, well, well, it's dear Abby here. I'm sorry. I'm dumping on you, man. Thanks for listening. I'm happy to. I'm happy to listen. Now, I would never tell the guy, or I had somebody today, I said, hey, what's going on? You know, and I, and they said, um, happened to be a stylist, happened to be a, a hairstylist friend of mine. And I paid her some compliments and, and you know, uh, talked to her, asked her how her day and her week are going. And she says, how about you? How are you doing? Uh, I said, well, look, I wouldn't tell you if, even if I was bad. I don't want to dump on people. Do I have problems, comments, questions? Do I have issues that I that are unresolved that I would like to deal with? Do I have challenges? Of course. Of course. But sometimes, most of it is, is minutia, you know? I think that you'd agree. Most of our problems are small. And you hear about somebody who's really, you know, in a, in a tough spot. You're like, holy fuck. As a helper, you're going to run into that. It'll dwarf your problems. Your problems will still be there, but they should be, for the comparison, far less, right? So be open to that. Open yourself to the perspective, the reality that other people also have challenges. And it'll make you feel really good about your own because people got some real shit going on. Things that you can't necessarily solve, but maybe you could be that person to make them feel good enough that somebody's listening and somebody cares so maybe they don't kill themselves or they don't take it out on somebody else you know alright so those are my lessons about being the positivity, embodying positivity they're regarding the fake, your, fake it until you make it philosophy you know that's kind of a dishonest approach you know, it's, it is making shit up. It's gaming the system. You are, in other words, saying, you know what? <laughs> I'm having a bad day, but I'm not going to let them see me sweating. It's a performance. But holy shit, you even can start believing it. You can start believing some of your own bullshit and, and forget to even have problems while you're working and helping other people, while you're staying busy. Now, if you sitting around all the time, and crying in your fucking pillow, then it's just going to be cyclical. You're going to continue to have that same stimulus. What was me? What was me? Why is my life not getting any better? Because you're always bellyaching about it. You're always thinking and perseverating, brooding on, uh, meditating on all your problems. So don't meditate on your problems. So that's what the wisdom that I have. That's what works for me. I'll be damned if it doesn't work really well, all those things. And all those things you probably knew on some level, but these are from a uh, you know, doctor of chiropractic, fucking doctor drill, been around a while. I think the best, some of the best work that I can actually do for somebody isn't even physical. I think it's giving a shit and letting them know that I'm willing to help. You know, I had somebody contact me this afternoon uh, somebody who had to cancel an appointment last week or a week before because they contracted COVID. 
Love these people. Friends of mine. Whole family, I guess, came down with the virus. They didn't come in. So, one of their family members wound up being hospitalized with pneumonia as a result of this virus. Very scary, you know? But I reached out. You know, I, some people might be like, oh, I'm not going to... Uh, I'm not going to pry. Well, I care about these people. It's my job to care about them. And I do care. So I reached out to the individual and said, Hey, I got your back. You need anything, you let me know. And, you know, keep me posted. They know that you care. They also know if they're being ignored. Haven't heard from such and such ever since I said I had a problem. They feel like outcasts. Somebody cares. Show people that somebody fucking cares. You want to feel good? You want attention? You want to, your needs to be met? Show somebody else that you fucking care. That's all you got to do. Problem solved. Start solving other people's problems. So then you look, switching gears, you look at the news and you see all these fucking shootings and there was the God, Floyd, uh, George Floyd situation and the, you know, waiting for the verdict. Well, the verdict came in, the guy's guilty on all counts. Look, uh, I've addressed this already. I think from, you know, almost every point of view. You know, the points of view that matter, that are relevant, that are professional, that are um, measured. He knelt on the guy's neck for nine minutes, killed him. Maybe he didn't feel like, maybe he didn't see that outcome uh, materializing, but uh, maybe he, I don't know. If you put somebody in that posture, you've taken a self-defense class. You know, that is a control posture. That is, if you keep somebody who's cuffed behind their back on their belly, it's already uncomfortable. Now you've got your knee on their neck, constricting their carotid artery and their vertebral artery and cutting off their air. And when they're struggling, yes, they can't breathe. Yes, they'll pass out. Yes, there's a middle-aged man who was a drug abuser and all kinds of whatever the situation was. Floyd, uh, George Floyd was not a perfect guy, it sounds like. Not to assassinate his character after he's been murdered. None of us are perfect. He was killed, all right? And I love police. I know many. Um, There's a guy that was on, I saw, read an article, said that he, he controlled... Uh, got physical with f- in 500 instances throughout his career as a New York C- working in New York City as a sheriff's deputy or something, and nobody died. So you don't have to kill people, and also so that's just with a knee, okay? That was blatant because you're watching in slow motion for n- almost 10 minutes this guy kneeling on the guy's neck, and he got no pulse now. You killed him, man. And then so that's one thing. Now you got all these shootings. Most recently, we got a um, 
16-year-old who, you know, people are saying is a child, is a model student, was defending herself against adults, and who knows what the story is going to be. But as I watch the... um, I watch the the videotape of this instance, which, thank goodness we have all this footage now, because we can see really what's going on with these um, instances, this violence. There are a bunch of people swarming around, people falling down the ground, people pinned up against cars, a guy looked like he's coming out, a girl falls down, looks like he's going to punt her, head, misses, cop comes in, sees the back of a girl with a knife held up like Michael Myers, he's going to stab another person. Well, again, the application of deadly force, I'm no master in this, but as a former Marine, we talked about the application of deadly force and when it's justified. Hear about ROEs, rules of engagement, etc. Well, even as a military personnel, there are very restrictive rules of engagement where you can't shoot until fired upon and depending upon the situation. And it's a lot of military personnel might see that very unfair. You can't defend yourself. But it's the rules of the road. Because once the American military apparatus starts pulling triggers, bad things happen, man. We'll fuck your day up. So police officer sees the back of a girl that's uh, got another girl pinned against a car. They all look like pretty much adults to me. And there's a a knife in her hand. You can use deadly force. It's justified, supposedly, when you got somebody coming at you, threatening your life or the life of another person. Now, gosh, it, it sure looks menacing when somebody's got a knife over their head, ready to strike down and stab it into somebody's chest. If he didn't shoot, I'm thinking, well, in a split second, this guy arrives in the scene, somebody calls 911. Now, he sh- he, he shows up, and within 10 seconds, he's got this, he's in the middle of this frenzy. He draws his pistol and sees this happening, potential homicide or a stabbing at the very least, life and death situation. He shoots the girl. Now, we got it on tape. There was a, it was, a, the cop didn't start the problem, finished it. Now, it sure would be great if there was a, some sort of less than lethal method. A taser, a beanbag gun, a bang stick, something that, I don't know if it's even been invented yet. But I don't care if you hit them with frickin' Nickelodeon slime. Break up the monotony, um zap these individuals who are being violent, incapacitate them, but don't punch holes in them with a 40 caliber slug. Four times he shot her. I'm speaking without a degree of accuracy, I realize. This is my opinion. But I've fired a lot of firearms in my day far from an expert so please forgive me but anatomically you know what it is when you're stabbing or you're shooting somebody that's what you're doing there's the human anatomy and physiology we've got a circulatory system 
If you punch a hole in my anatomy and you hit a major artery or an organ, it's a life and death situation. I'm probably going to die if I'm not if I don't receive medical tre- treatment. And I was thinking maybe you shoot her in the leg, maybe you shoot her in the ass. I don't know. If you're an if you're a cop, if you're a law officer, you should be very good with a firearm. Shoot low, shoot him in the leg, shoot him to to wound them. <laughs> you know, uh, in the Marine Corps. <clears throat> We trained along the lines of one shot, one kill. Or the famed two in the body, one in the chest. You really want to kill somebody, that's what you do to ensure they die. Two in the body, one in the head, I'm sorry. Tap, tap. Center mass. That's where our our side alignment and sight picture go. That's where our sights Think about a crosshairs or something like that. You ever shoot a gun in a video game? Center mass is the center of the target. That is your sternum, pow pow, your chest, and then one in your head. Forehead, face, don't matter. Gonna fucking cause a lot of damage. So when you're and you show up in your squad car, the guy didn't mean to kill anybody. He didn't want to show up and have to do that. But he had he was forced to make a split second decision. He sees a knife, he sees a crime in progress, real violence, scary shit. Someone coming at somebody else with a knife. He actually caught this in the inst- in the instant, that instant he saw this occurring. Pulled his piece and went pop 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 to a woman to a a, a girl. 16-year-old who had his back to her. So no threat to him, but it was obviously a chaotic environment. Right? A very chaotic environment and potentially lethal for another human being. The question is, how do we stop that? Do we stop that with an equal amount of force? Like if you're a police, if I'm a police officer and I show up, look, I, I want to go home that day. I want to, you know, later that I want to make it home for dinner. So if you're, if somebody's shooting at you, and you're a cop and you have a sidearm, shoot them. You know, there's a lot of folks on there uh, that are saying, or somebody's coming at you, threatening you with a, in, in whatever way. You might say, well, hey, they were just coming at you with a lead pipe, or they tried to swing a two-by-four at you. You didn't have to kill them. Well, what if they hit you with a two-by-four? What if they keep hitting you? What if they go after your partner? What if they take your gun? I I feel like a gun is an extremely capable tool. Uh, Look, I, I don't know. I own them. I fire them. I'm concerned about them, though. I really feel like police even, the, the experts, people who, who's, who are experts in their employment, they even fuck up. <clears throat> regularly, regularly, how many police right now do we have that are, I mean, 
I know. Who would want to be a cop? If you're expected to go out there and carry this gear, and then, you know, in a moment, you could wind up, now they realize, well, shit, I could be incarcerated. You know, I read that less than 1% of officer-involved shootings are, you know, if there's any responsibility for the police officer. I'm sure that there's a lot of liability and internal affairs and all that shit, but uh, I read an article that talked about how if this, if that girl had not stopped, that 17-year-old had not put her cell phone camera on the George Floyd fiasco and, and gotten, you know, a, a civilian perspective on it, the the report written by the police officers, I don't know if that was Chauvin or whoever, the report was like, yeah, you know, uh, something happened, you know, suspect got violent, tried to get, uh, you know, wouldn't get in the car, put him on the ground, uh, as a medical issue, um, and the, it was just very vague, very vague for considering that somebody died. And so if that was left up to the authorities and you, that gets back to your boss, they say, oh, okay, uh, I'm sorry to hear that that's, uh, we had a death out there today. All right, this guy was getting violent. All right, well, I just restrained him and he died. Well, maybe he had some other thing. Oh, we're going to catch some heat because of this. So what happened? Well, you know, he wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't uh, go down. And, you know, he was posing a threat and there was a big crowd. I'm sure there were circumstances that were threatening that Chauvin felt like he needed to do this. But shit, that's even, that's just a submission move, man. That's like putting somebody, basically put the guy in a choke for 10 minutes. Most anyone would die in that circumstance. Your heart rate's up, your breathing is, respiratory rate is up. Guy's stressed out. Asphyxiate somebody, basically kill him. Now we get a split second when we're talking about employing a firearm. And the stress involved, and the reaction time that you have to, you're responsible for. Who can handle that? Honestly, who can handle that well? Because we're not really handling it well right now. I don't think police want to be killing people. I don't think they want to be incarcerated for the rest of their lives either. I think the majority of people in any job are trying to do their job and go home, make a decent wage, have a good life. We can look at a guy like Chauvin and say, well, you know, I haven't even read this stuff, but, oh, well, his, uh, um, well, he had a bad marriage and he had a discipline, been disciplined in the past for abuse of power or being rough with people or whatever. He had an alcohol problem. He had a DUI at this time and whatever. Now you're starting to see stuff pop up on the, um, in the news about this cop who uh, tried to get off or this um, senator who tried to, um, got caught in a DUI and wanted to call the president or something like that. You know what I mean? Somebody's always trying to get out of shit. I read a story about a cop somewhere down in Florida. <laughs> somewhere and got a DUI and he was criticizing the officer and saying, wait, you're gonna you're not gonna let me out. Let's put somebody else in the driver's seat. Say that, you know, nobody's gonna report this. Like trying to help the guy look the other way. And I'm sure that there is 
a lot of, I'm a former Marine. I got pulled over months ago, um, driving 90 down 476 with my 75-year-old father riding shotgun, and I, um, I said, hey, to the cop who pulled me over and gave me a ticket, I said, hey, look, I'm a former Marine, this is my father. So I'm trying to appeal to, hey, we're the same, hey, give me a break, sort of thing. You do what you can do when you're in a tough spot. People are always trying to get out of things. We're trying to absolve ourselves from our sins and and the shit that we, the stupid shit that we do. You never know. It might get you off. Might might get you out of trouble. And so. You just switch gears to that you know, very complex story. It's an example of some very unfortunate things that are happening out there in the world right now. There's a lot of tensions. All I can say and imagine is that if everyone who is so angry about situations, and in many cases rightfully so, if everybody just looked at um, you know, trying to think through the problems and to work together with people and see all that we have to gain from just being kind to one another. If everybody tried to help other people, they would see real quickly. Oh, come on. Fuck you. <laughs> hey, how about that? I'm driving behind somebody who's going like freaking 25 miles per hour, and now they turned without a direction. Motherfucker, you better get going. So I'm not, cooler heads ain't prevailing now, are they? Um, Jesus Christ. I should be doing at least 45 miles per hour here, not 35. Um, so, there is a perfect example of how, uh, when you hear my little road rages there, which are just lip service, and I never, never mean too much of it. But when you hear that, that's the that's what happens in a lot of cases. People just they don't think, they just react. We just respond to situations. So right now, even though I'm doing my podcast and I'm in no hurry to get home, I would like to get home quickly. And uh, I would like to pass this car at a high rate of speed. And then I won't really worry about cursing and swearing behind them and tailgating them, which I'm trying not to do. So maybe we all look for somebody to help. Because there's too many folks out there whose tempers are flaring and they're angry at the world, they're angry at situations, they're estranged from their neighbors, and they're just keyed up and they're going to make poor decisions I, th- I also think that you know I, I mentioned that we watch a lot of Shark Tank so tonight after dinner I'm going to watch Shark Tank they all have all these innovations I've mentioned this before how the hell is it that we do not have 
a less than lethal um, armamentarium. Like, why do we back to the anatomy and physiology of it? Literally, what a a firearm does. What what makes it lethal? One of the things that actually make it effective, I've read, is the sound. That's why a shotgun is a great home defense weapon because if somebody hears that, let me tell you, they're not standing and, and throwing blows. They're not trying to struggle with you. They're running the fuck out of there because they know what that sound is. It's like a cannon goes off, an artillery piece, you know, a mortar lands uh, next to your foxhole. You're going to keep your head down, you know. You're not going to, it's it's completely contrary to human um, impulses to stand in the face of that. That's why, you know, the hero- heroic actions and stuff that you see depicted by Rambo and Chuck Norris and stuff, largely improbable. When grenades go off, you don't run through it and, you know, jump over the ravine. You fucking make yourself very, very small and you run the other way. So let's make a device that is really loud and it can even be a projectile involved like a bean bag or whatever, you know, pop out of the freaking squad car with one guy He's got a beanbag gun. It's freaking loud as hell, and it shoots a beanbag or a rubber bullet right up your ass, and you get bruised. You get a contusion. You get scared. You hit the deck. You get arrested. No, but everybody goes home, so the cop doesn't have to kill anybody, and you remove that possibility or decrease the likelihood of somebody dying out there Um, you also decrease the likelihood of that cop having to go to jail for the rest of their life so I just feel like it's it's foolish I don't I I know that this is a a terrible cruel world and I know that there's a lot of bad guys out there with very scary weapons and if there's a sense that that's there by all means have cops carry a fucking AR-15 carry a goddamn Spaz 12 autoloader plasma rifle 40 watt range you can give them you know crazy armament if the if the job calls for it but you can't be pulling out a sidearm like that and and just you know pop 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 shooting somebody in the back four times even if they've got a knife And I don't know what would happen. Look, if somebody, let's say that girl had stabbed the other girl with the knife. Well, then there's a real crime that's occurring. You know, it is to attack somebody. It's a crime enough, but... um, You can't be expected to prevent a stabbing like that. It happens in in milliseconds. It happens extremely quick. So if somebody's going to do something stupid like that and you have an opportunity to let them do it, 
or wait a few seconds to see if you can try to resolve it in a more peaceful way, I don't think anybody's going to fault you. And at least if you got to be um, investigated, then you could say, hey, I got there. I didn't want to shoot her. Uh, she had a knife. She had something. She was going towards the other girl. I didn't get to her in time. Okay. So what? You know, these folks want to want to do that. They want to attack each other. There's really very little that you can do. You certainly can't be expected to shoot the knife out of their hand. And you shouldn't have to kill somebody who's trying to kill somebody else. It, it just sometimes is not possible. You know? And you wonder what... I mean, but it looked like a wild scene. You got somebody, again, uh, a grown man or somebody trying to punt a girl who's... I hate to see that. When, like, somebody's on the ground and somebody runs up and kicks them in the head. Why, why are we doing this? So I'm sure it'll come out as to what the altercation was, what it was about. And, you know, the parents of the... Or the stepmom, apparently the girl was in... Um, was a foster child or something, so there was an issue, and the girl was supposedly a great student and a wonderful, kind person. Well, we got her on video wielding a knife. If she's protecting herself, okay. Um, but this is what happens when we have very capable killing instruments that we're carrying around. This is the this is what happens when we escalate. The situation and the use of force then is a possibility. It's a very real probability. If you're attacking somebody with a with a knife like that, you could kill somebody. And so you definitely it's attempted murder at the very least. Uh, you could you could murder so you could kill somebody out there. What is a cop supposed to do? Well, there's. I think that you should be. Responding to the level of, of force in a way, like I, as a police officer, I'm, I, I, you know, if I were a police officer, I'm saying that I don't know if I would be comfortable with that expectation. Like if somebody is in a life or death situation, that you know, so they're, they're going to be stabbed, that I was it was it, it would be appropriate that I shoot them because in this situation. There's a young lady who apparently, reportedly, was the one who called 911 and said that somebody's trying to stab someone. But then it turns out that the girl who got shot was the one carrying the... Was the one, if the girl that got killed, got shot by the cop, was actually the one who called 911, well, that's terrible. That's a shame. Maybe the other girl's or women or whoever had a knife and they were trying to do it and now she got the knife and she was trying to turn the tables in the heat of the moment. I don't know what the hell you do, but I feel like, man, it sure would be great to like uh, back up to the days of like Batman and Robin where you could throw a boomerang and knock the gun or the knife out of their their uh, hand or shoot a net at them and they fall to the ground and you, you'll never get me alive, Batman. Something like that spray them with some sort of incapacitating foam and their their feet get stuck to the floor. I don't fucking know, but we're taking sh rocket ships and flying them to Mars and we've got helicopters on Mars that are exploring and we got fucking um, you know, we're creating, taking CO2 
or other gases from Mars and creating oxygen, trying to build our new civilization. You tell me we can't resolve some of the shit that we got happening day to day, this shitstorm that we're in, and in the world over. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna just my two cents on the um, on that recent current event. Next, you got fucking shit uh, troops massing at the Ukrainian-Russian border, and the Ukrainian president saying we're gonna, uh, you know, we're ready to stand to the man. Uh, you know, every Ukrainian's gonna be willing to fight and die for some bullshit. I understand that it's tense. I understand that Russia's a big organization that's a bully sometimes, and they'll fucking hack you, and they'll do underhanded shit, but the United States, I don't know that we're any better. And maybe we're worse because we we try to put ourselves on a pedestal and say, well, we don't do that. Who hacked us? Who hacked our election? Who interfered? You know we do all kinds of crooked shit, and it is important to acknowledge that. Uh, but this is like on a world stage. Putin's up there talking about how he's going to... They're working on all these underwater submarine drones and they're armed with nuclear and we're going to continue doing stuff and nobody better come around. And then you got China with uh, Taiwan or whatever the fuck is going on there. And, you know, it's just like things are heating up. So... If people, if the leaders of our war, of the world can't see and feel that the pandemic has created this, it's stoking the flames, I mean, it's just, it's dumb. We are, cooler heads need to prevail. We need to remember how to embody positivity, how to diffuse tense situations. This is the job. I just talked a week ago about the hostage negotiator guy. His whole thing is tactical empathy. Let's use some tactical empathy and not kill each other, okay? Let's use some tactical empathy and not have to, uh, you know, shoot six or you know, 13, 14-year-old kids that are running around, you know, putting their hands up. Now, the kid had a gun. Dropped it beyond a fence. Very creepy. If you think your life's in danger, maybe you got to shoot them. I don't fucking know. I'm glad it's not, I'm not the guy who's got to make those decisions. I'll tell you, uh, because who the fuck would want to do that? But people need to be willing to do their part and just and just be kind to one another, to embody positivity, or else we're fucked. You understand what I'm saying? Today is also Earth Day, so I just want to share with you that I love the Earth, uh, and we better not squander her. Or, and we should tread lightly on her and respect all the resources that we have and not take more than we give. Or she's going to freaking puke us right up. You know? And our goose will be cooked. It's probably in our cards anyway, which is very sad to say. Anyway, I'm home now. That was a quite the fiery podcast. Love and respect. Embody the positivity, my friends. Put a smile on your face. Life is a garden. Dig it. Huh!